time for Gardening with Barb and Karen, both Master Gardeners of Blue Earth County, Minnesota River Valley Master Gardeners. Good morning, Barb. Gardening is in full swing, wouldn't you say? Oh, Karen, you know what? I have to say that after waiting for color, I said, <laughs> if, and, and when the crocus started coming yep. up, yellow and purple, and I thought, oh, it just doesn't get any better than this. And gradually, everything started blooming, and now I think this is such a delight. It is. I've already had visitors to my yard, humans, that is. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking the bees, because you mentioned those before. Uh, yes, and the bees continue to come. As a matter of fact, I brought in a bleeding heart. Yes, mine are so beautiful right now. They're blooming like they crazy. Are. But have you ever examined how small, what a small amount of pollen would be on here? No, I haven't. I just looked at the heart part and how they're just amazing, how they're put together with these weird shaped yes. petals. Yeah. Well, the reason I decided to go out and pick one is because of my new uh, landscape in the front of my house where I got rid of those ugly old junipers. Now I can look out every window on the south side and I can see what's in there and I can see what's visiting. Sure. The bumblebees, why are they visiting this bleeding heart when the you can just barely see the pollen in there, it's really small. And you can see the seeds are already up there. Maybe it's quality versus quantity, you think? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But but look at that. Look at that stamen so in there. Yeah. It's very, very small. Yeah. So, and there, there's no place to get nectar. But it's just, I love that plant. It reminds me so much of my grandmother. Oh, me too. Yeah. Uh, this is a Minnesota plant. We were just talking about all the different plants that are on the market today. But you know something? The science doesn't change. And our native plants, if you want pollinators, you want to go with native plants. And it's so easy to be won over by new introductions, right. new colors, uh, bicolored foliage and things like that. But if you really want the pollinators, you want to stick with some of those that... that they evolved here. And, and they're tough for here. And, you know, I was just looking. <clears throat> I, I quick Googled. You were talking about are they good po for pollen because they don't seem like they have a lot. One of their advantages is because they are one of the earlier ones. And the, the bees and all their pollinators, when they come out, they need that early source. So that's, you yes, know, that's yes, a yes. good source of them to start <clears throat> with. And you know what? The violets that I have this year are so vigorous in the yard. Yes, the, they the are. The purples and the purple and whites and the whites. I have a variety which is called the Canadian white. Now, did and you purposely plant these? Mine just, when I was at the lake house, they just are there, and I've got some yellow and some purple, and they, I don't, so I didn't plant them, so I don't know what they are, but. Right, well, some I did and some I didn't. Okay. All you have to do is take, like, this Canadian white and plant it in one spot. <laughs> and it'll be and, everywhere. And, and, but it's not in invasive. I mean, you could pull it out. And there are spots under trees that are very shady. And I would like to have mulch, but mulch isn't that good either. So by putting in a living mulch, you you sequester the carbon and it just looks really so great. So uh, things like that, they're, they're just really great. You know, <clears throat> it's wonderful to have an opportunity to work with children. And as master gardeners, a lot of times we do programming for adults. But when we have adults and children mix, that's a real bonus. And Wednesday, 
uh, Kim Nielsen and myself, and we have a new hire at the extension office. We do? Yes, Liz. And she is hired to work with the Clover Buds. Oh, okay, so for 4-H then? She is a 4-H person, yes. And she, I asked her if she would do uh, pictures Mm -hmm. uh, because we, we need to send us report to the state about this big day that we had their pollinator there at the Children's Museum. And the children, I have to tell you about this one little gal, interacting with them on one-on-one level. It's rare, but you know, when you sit there and you're surrounded by all these things from nature, what is that? How, how do you do that? And this little love bug, <clears throat> I was talking to her about bees and butterflies, but mostly bees, and I asked her if she knew about the rusty patch bumblebee. Oh, yes. No, she didn't know. She didn't know what color rust was. Oh. <laughs> and so I had brought, I had anticipated this, uh, uh, some construction paper that was rust color, and I showed her the color, and then I had a picture, which is the size of a uh, sheet of typing paper, sure. and it had the little pictures of all the different bees that we have and I said now the rusty patch bumblebee has this little strip of of rust color towards the very back and he has like a little emblem on his chest do you think you can find that and show me which one (laughs) it is do you know just do you think she used her finger and went from row to row she just glanced at it looked around she said here it is Uh and just so absolutely quick so when we got talk done talking about pollinators and and their habitat and how important it is to to plant things for them to eat and Mm -hmm. feed their families and that I said to her well you have such a beautiful shirt on today you have flowers on your t-shirt she said Yes, I do. And I have a bird on here, too. And I said, well, would you like to have a butterfly to go on there, too? She said, no, this bird does not like butterflies. (laughs) (laughs) I think she was about four or five years old. Very (laughs) precocious there. Yeah, I thought, yay, good good one for the girls, you know. Uh, Speak up and and say what, what you think. And so she was off, but... But you do a lot of things, I know, with youth, and you've, through the years, Barb, and and especially, you know, things with pollinators. And so this was at the Southern Minnesota Children's Museum, correct? Right, exactly. So they've done some different things there. What else do they have for kids to learn about those sorts of of things? Well, you know, they have their own uh, pollinator garden there. Well, now, that was created with the Master Gardeners, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know that they did. They um, because they have women that are maintaining it now that okay. aren't master gardeners. Sure. So I don't know how that came about. Then they also have the butterfly house. So they they do raise butterflies. Oh, there. they do. And then they they no. Is that year round or mainly just no? Okay. They let them go in the fall, right? So did you go in that? Is there are they there no, yet or not yet? No, it's not set up yet. Okay. And of course, you know, it has to be. Uh, can, I think they partially disassemble it sure. in the winter because probably of the snow load and that. Right. So <clears throat> they're going to be working on that. But it was interesting because I had did a um, a simulated uh, brush pile for many of our bees. They like to nest. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, while we have a lot of of native bees, uh, most of them 
are are nesting either underground or in logs and cavities and things like that. And so <clears throat> when I got ready to go, um, I asked her if I could, uh, if there was some place I could dispose of these twigs and branches from this. She said, oh no, we'll use them. We, we need those, she said, for our, for our uh, um, butterfly house. Okay. So I said, okay, you can have them. So <clears throat> in two weeks, they're going to be doing another program there uh, about pollinators. And Dawn Hubner and... Um, one of the other new interns will be uh, doing that program. We we had a great time. It was uh, oh, and and we had this table with just art. So there was kind of the science part of it. Then there was a part that we had on the floor where we had bees that we had made, and you could you could go and pollinate um, paper flowers. Okay. And um, but. At the table that we had that was for, um, we had water paints and big pictures of, of flowers and things. The parents sat down with the children and painted with them. I was so impressed. And we had one mom, she had her baby, uh, was about maybe six months old, and she had her arm around it, and she had her right hand, <laughs> oh and she was painting and that baby slept the whole time, but the little baby's foot, foot was sticking out to the side. <clears throat> and I said to her, you know, could we take a picture of oh. that? <laughs> that is, that is just got to be part of this day's oh. event, that this little one came. And she agreed, and so Liz got the picture that this, you know how babies that are healthy, and, and they have this chubby little toes. I was going to say pudgy, yeah, a little pudgy. Yeah, it's, it, just, it was just so great. So he... After a while, he woke up, and I looked at him, and I smiled, and he smiled right back, Aww. and then he started laughing. It was, it was great to to have families, children, you know, just uh, just a very casual, easy. Uh, <clears throat> I was talking to my neighbor about this, and he said, you know, I think the most important thing is that <clears throat> anytime you're going to teach children something, is that you have a lot of time. It isn't just something we got to do this in ten minutes, and then we got to switch to something else. And right, something you else. need to spend the time and, and it's explain an and let them thing. kind of their their pace. I think <clears throat> yeah, is good. Yeah. yeah, so that was that was really a lot of fun, and and I went home, and I was tired. I well, I, I went grocery shopping after that. I really was tired after that day because you talk a lot, you move around a lot, but but it was great, and and uh, I would encourage anybody that. Uh, has an opportunity to take your child to the Children's Museum. I mean, it is just, they have so many things going on. Yeah, my kids have kind of outgrown that age-wise. <laughs> but when they were younger, it was a wonderful, <clears throat> wonderful place. So I would definitely encourage, uh, encourage folks to do that. So I don't know if, um, maybe I mentioned this to you, what I was going to do last weekend. Do you know what I did last weekend? Yes, you were volunteering at the Hosta Gardens. Well, actually, it was the Minnesota Hosta Society. We're having the big... Hosta sale in mm -hmm. June, uh, June 3rd, and uh, we need to prep for that. So we are preparing 1,700 hostas for that sale. That's a lot. So one of the uh, members, uh, he lives in Deep Haven, has this 
giant, I think it's an acre lot of hostas of his own, but he has got this little place set aside where he, he gets hosta plugs that he orders, little meaning little ones. And for yeah. two years, they grow in his special little garden segment. And then after two years, the volunteers come and we dig them out. And because of the jumping worm concerns, because those little cocoons can be in the soil. So that day, there was 18 of us. We dug and washed the roots of 400 hostas and repotted them in soil that had been treated so you know mm-hmm. to make sure there's no worms or right. anything in it so 400 and then on may 20th we're going to go uh to another place where we've got a number of hostas started and do 800 so i mean that's a lot of work so i was at i was at all stations um we this is this is how de- dedicated and detailed this is and how important it is so we don't get jumping worms and things they dig them up and of course soil sticks to the roots so we would take little nails and we would poke the dirt and get as much Loosen off, it up, yeah, yeah, as much as we could off the roots, <clears throat> and then take it over to a table with a strong jet stream of of water from a, a sprayer, and spray that off, and then transfer them, and then somebody else would put them in the pots and put the labels on them. And so, I mean, I know people complain, and I do too, about the high prices of plants. But when you think of all the work, sometimes it goes yeah. into that. Oh my goodness! <clears throat> but. I want to make sure if I'm getting plants, and I can't even emphasize this enough. Emphasize this enough that if you're getting some, make sure you know where it's coming from. That it has been carefully potted to make sure you aren't getting diseases and jumping worms and things right. like that. And I, I mean, I'm hesitant. If I even get something from you now, I I will probably wash the roots off before yeah. I re- just because we need to do that. <clears throat> yeah, and actually, you know, as the person doing the giving. I think we, before it leaves my home, I want to have it as clean as possible, too. And in the past, you just threw it in a pot, you know? Right, right. And, you know, talking about plant sales, uh, the Master Gardener plant sale is coming up May 20th. Oh, that's coming up soon. Yes, it is. And it's at the Messiah Lutheran Churches at their gazebo. That's 1706 Lee Boulevard. Upper North Mankato. Upper Mm -hmm. North Mankato. And the time is 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. So if you like to sleep in a little bit late on Saturday... You could do that, and you can still be there at 10 o'clock, and you'd have a nice choice of things to buy. Uh, are you bringing any? I have already potted up <clears throat> some. Uh, I've got some real nice yarrow that grows very, very well, and I have dug that up when when it was just coming up, and I rinsed it all off, you know, the roots, and repotted sure. it, and then a, a bunch of iris that were too, too clumped together. Right. And so I've got a bunch of plants that I'm going to be selling there at the, yeah. the sale. You know, I don't know that I'm going to have anything this really? year. Oh. Uh, well, because I have been moving things around and doing things, and uh, with this thing at the Children's Museum, uh, I, the, I the times that I've been outside, I've been prepping my own garden. Sure. And you have to have time to decide, you know, what is a good thing that can be moved now? What is think something that we should do maybe next fall? Uh, it would be nice if we could, uh, uh, maybe we could have two sales. We could have a spring sale and a fall sale. Which we did this year, this past year. Uh, that's probably true. I don't yeah, remember that. Yeah, we did. That. Well, maybe, maybe you, I don't know, but we did have a fall sale for okay. perennial sale in the fall this year. Okay, and I missed it, or I just can't remember <laughs> or it, or forgot. whatever. I, I've been on um, uh, overdrive for some time here now. I, you know, I did get into my own garden, 
and I planted a couple of things. There, we, Last week we had a few days where the soil dried off enough yeah. so you could go in. And believe you me, I was out there. Me too. Morning, noon, and night. Me too. And I planted <laughs> some cannas. And, um, uh, I was going to ask you that. See, I, I have been afraid to put out like my bulbs yet. I've been putting them in pots still, like all my dahlia bulbs. Is it warm enough yet to put those in the ground? Well, the soil is warm. Okay. And But, you know, this is the thing. It can get cold again. Yeah. I, I, I see them as um, this root is really big and tough. It's not a little fragile thing. I, I think it'll be just fine. And then I started a, a dahlia in my greenhouse. And, you know, it gets really warm in there with the sun shining in yes. there. Things, and it started leafing out right away. Yeah. It was, it was ready to go. Uh, and also... Uh, I have these um, uh, native um, pollinator plants, prairie plants, and I started a batch, several batches of them in in some um, oh some planters that are long, maybe 18 inches long and maybe eight inches wide and maybe eight inches deep, and they too, I covered them with some plastic after I planted them and and. Uh, water them and they germinated in five days time they just really took off really really fast and as soon as they did I thought you know I think I'm going to they're not going to stay in this warm environment here I'm going to put them outside and see what happens and 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 they did just fine yeah, so I um, potted up, well, I think I mentioned this before we went on the air. I, I This morning before, I thought, I'm going to tell Barb how many plants, because last night I, t- I had a whole, started a whole bunch of little seedlings, and they were they were in those little little cells where they're really too small, and it's just um, potting mix. And I thought, you know, I should get these in potting soil, because the mix doesn't really have any nutrients. So last night, it was, <clears throat> I had the yard lights on when Jeff and, and Blake came back from from the library. The, uh, the yard lights were blaring in the front, and here I was in the dark plant, uh, transplanting um, my my um, all of the seedlings that I had put. And I have 180 either seedlings or from bulbs or tubes, tubers or corms or whatever, uh, all throughout uh, the sun porch, the living room, <laughs> the front steps. And you know, I, I figure, you know, I'm going to wait till it's warmer, and then hopefully they'll get they'll get a nice start now and get some root quality on them and then when I transplant them sure. they'll have a better time to adapt so I've uh, really been been working and um, you you can't um, rush this you know after you went through all this work yes of, of potting things up and it's growing in that and then you want to get it in the ground but really it has to acclimate you have to it's like bringing a baby home from the hospital yeah. oh my goodness you know you're on alert every hour with a baby and getting used to the schedule and that. And so you baby these little plants and, and put up fences. You know, I had to go buy liquid fence. Um, <clears throat> I have not had a problem. When I have, we have the big fence around our property mm-hmm. so the deer yep. don't come in. And then we take and make these small cages to grow around tulips and things like that. If there's a rabbit that gets in. But this year we've had no rabbits. I mean, we're just we, we we're buttoned up. I mean, we're buttoned up. Well, I've had squirrels. And I had a squirrel rip one of my broccolinis right out that I transplanted in the the vegetable garden. Ripped it right out. Okay. 
Well, this was um, <clears throat> last Sunday morning. I came home from church and I was out and I found 15 of the triumphant tulips just snapped off. Oh, no. Not eaten, just snapped off. Just And it was a straight cut. It wasn't a cut at a diagonal, so it wasn't a rabbit. I was so concerned about that. What do you think it was? Well, that is the thing. I thought raccoon. The next day, I had... 25 more that was just oh no they're not they're not eating them they're leaving them the, so they just cut the entire blossom off and they go down maybe go down from the top about six inches hmm. and just just it's a nice clean like cut. their own machete <laughs> yeah it, that's what it is so i thought maybe this is a raccoon and they're playing out here and doing this so i called shane at the extension office oh, sure. and he said you know that could be one of the cutworms. I wait, have, not at that high height. Yes, they live in the soil, and they wait cut, a minute. I thought they always cut at like the soil level. No, they also they also they can go clear up to the top. Really? Different. So he said, I've had some calls about this, and um, so he said, why don't you dig around and see if you can find anything in the soil? Well, there was absolutely nothing. I don't think. <clears throat> it was a cutworm. I think it's it's a raccoon, or I asked. But why did they do that? <laughs> I mean, because well, they don't I, eat it. They just, I you know maybe they're the younger ones and they're just trying things out. I don't know. I and my yard is big, right? And and I had uh, tulips in the front yard, the backyard, the side yard, along the fence, away from the fence. And it, you would think they'd come in if they want to just break things off and do a whole setting in one area. Right. But no, one or two here, moved over oh here, one God. or two here. That's it, so discouraging, especially if you don't have a lot. <laughs> if you have a lot to start with, you don't notice it so much. But when you right. don't have that many, it's really, it's gone and it's gone. I ended up with 55 blooms that were cut off. Oh, no. Yeah, I made I made oh. uh, a, a bouquet, and it had to be, it didn't oh. have long stems, but uh, for Mrs. J and for myself, yes. and I used them as a teaching tool in my class because, oh, like nice. with the triumphs, we could just open up the, pull the leaves, petals back, and they could see the pollen and everything. It was just a, a really good gardening tool so but i went then but so disappointing because you know <coughs> that's what you want to see these to, to, for the color and the beauty and then yeah, they're chopped yeah. yes but it was a, a strange like like it was okay i'll take out five and i'll leave you one or you know it's just uh it was it was strange but i i got some of this uh scat or this guard liquid fence and I sprayed it on everything just everything and and now they've stopped so it, it seems to me that that probably wouldn't be any kind of a cut worm no uh, you know I um, actually have the thing called deer defeat that I've started spraying very early but when I notice I um, mean I hadn't sprayed in the vegetable garden you can spray this on vegetables and you know it doesn't it does not it's a smell it, yeah it's it? a smell so I did that because after they chomped off one of my broccolinis that I had, you know, so carefully grown from seed for so long. Um, I, I sprayed it and they seem to have left it alone. But sometimes sure. you just have to be really vigilant about that, you know, in, in terms of insects or whatever it is. But yeah. the, the deer defeat has been so far. Yeah. So yeah, good. I was talking to the um, um, 
the uh, clerk at the store, and he said that you know all of these work pretty much the same way. It's the it's the smell, and he said uh, we haven't had any problems with people saying this doesn't work. So now I don't know after two or three different days of rain if I have to start all over again. We'll see. Well, now the one I have, dear <clears throat> defeat, you don't. I know some you do though. They'll say that right. specifically. So I guess that's one thing to to read. Always read the label on no matter what you yeah. do. So it's 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 once again it reminds me that uh, it isn't easy. I I just read a, an ad for a plant that it said uh, so easy <laughs> dig drop and you're done. Yes, right. And I thought, who are you trying to kid? That is just the beginning. Well, you know, that's the <clears> thing <throat> about it is, I mean, I think you see beautiful gardens in it, and it it looks effortless because you're you're usually looking at it when the person's not hard at work, day, the lights at night or whatever. So, you know, there is work to it. And that's why, you know, you and I, we're master gardeners, but we still make lots of mistakes. We learn all the time. And so hopefully by listening to these shows, you've learned to hopefully avoid some of the mistakes that we've made. But sometimes you just got to make them yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And your interests are going to change. Oh, yes. As you garden and as we're dealing with climate change, we want to do things so that we can at least help the pollinators get through whatever we can do. So some of these um, ornamental plants that we buy that are tropical, they're not the best bet. They look pretty. And you have to have some of those. I mean, you know, we need color, too. So we have to do something for ourselves. You know, and I've got my pollinator plants, too. But in I like you talked about, put some of those hybrids just to add a little pops of color or interest here and there. But it's it's to have a nice mix. And and you know what I did? Um. Just the last two days, I had, well, on Tuesday, I had the aerators come and the aerated, core aerated the oh, yard. Sure, sure. And I put planted all my little mini clover seeds all over the entire yard. And then I went out there and knew that I needed to add some organic matter because it's clay. So I got peat and I sprinkled peat and uh, over the entire mm-hmm. yard. And so hopefully that'll help maintain some of the moisture for those little clover seeds to get started and add some organic matter. I I hope so too. It because uh, some of the grass really looked terrible and that was partially due to the drought and partially drew because we had these high um, the the Kentucky bluegrass type of turf right and uh, they die out and there you are with those spots. So I am amazed uh, at the whole garden, whether it's the grass or the trees, the shrubs, the plants, things are amazing. They are amazing. Things that I thought were dead, like the primroses, it <laughs> took them so much longer to to come up. And now they're taller than they've ever been, which is a very short plant. Right. It's probably eight inches tall. Mine are just about done blooming already. Oh, wow. So They were in a sunnier spot. Though, so, sure, sure. That makes a big difference. And now you'll notice things like hardy hibiscus. You'll think they're dead because they aren't up, but they sometimes don't even come up till June. So yeah, just that's right. Patience. I did cut off the, I didn't cut them off last fall, 
and I cut off the long stem things now. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They looked so sad standing there with no leaves on them. Do you, you know, know what I love about those? Is because they're while they're they're not a shrub, but those stems are so thick and woody that I use them for little posts to like marking um, like rows and things. So, yes. So yes. I, yeah. Yeah. It's just like the the iris too. When you know the stalk dries, you've got this tube, and my goodness, that's just the perfect home for different yep. bees to go in there yeah so do your part and you know before you start raking and want to you know make this nice clean slate uh think about you know is this good is somebody going to make their nest in here right. of some pollinator gonna is this going to be a good place for them and then just leave it and pretty soon the plants will grow over and it'll be all fine okay and before we go because we're out of time bar but make sure you mark the date Next Saturday is the twentieth. The twentieth. Was that is that next Saturday? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, where did the time go? Is the plant sale for the Minnesota River Valley Master Gardeners in Upper North Mankato at the Messiah Lutheran Church starting at ten a.m. It'll be lots of different varieties. I know that um, there's there's going to be some vegetable plants. There'll be perennials. There'll be all sure. sorts of things. So mark that down and maybe we'll see you there. And if you don't want to buy plants, come. If you've got questions, bring those. Right. Very good. Thanks, Barb. Have okay. a happy gardening. And I know you'll probably be in doing the inside stuff because it's too wet to do anything outside. That's right. All Thanks. right. Bye-bye. Okay. It is.